What is up, everybody? This is Adam. Welcome back to Fouled Out. Today, Matt and I are going over the divisional preview for the AFC East, a division that I will obviously be watching very closely this season. We mentioned this on a couple past podcasts, but we started an email address, fouledoutsports at gmail.com. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast, and we would love to hear from you. Uh, let us know what's working for you, what's not working. One of the things that we do on this podcast during the NFL divisional previews is that we give bold takes and bold predictions for every division in the NFL. We would love to hear your bold predictions. Send us an email. Let us know how many games you think your team is going to win this season, where Matt and I are right in our previews and where we're wrong. Again, we'd love to hear from you. And good luck to anybody that has a fantasy football draft this weekend. Uh, this is coming out on Saturday, the 19th of August. Matt and I have our draft at 7.30 tonight in our competitive league. So we're looking forward to that. I have a coworker who has a dynasty startup draft this weekend, which, man, I know how nervous I get during a normal NFL, <laughs> during a normal fantasy draft, and I can't imagine a startup draft. So uh, for any of you guys doing that, double good luck. But everybody have fun. Enjoy the fantasy football season. And Matt and I are going to start breaking down the AFC East. Let's go. Matt is here, ready to talk about the AFC East, the home of my favorite football team, the six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Uh, probably better than you're going to do this year. Ouch. Didn't need to start off with hurting my feelings. We're going to do that enough throughout well, this podcast. Well, I mean, if you're going to start off with six-time Super Bowl champs. I have to. <laughs> I have to do it, Matt. It's the only thing I got going for me right now with the Patriots. <laughs> this is the thing about the Pats. And this is why I started off with six-time Super Bowl champs is because <laughs> nobody wants to hear Patriot fans complain about the Patriots. Right. Like it, it was not that long ago. It's only been like three or four years. Yeah. Since we ended the most dominant run, most dominant 20 year run in the history of professional sports. When you take into account all of the things that the NFL does to set up parody, including purposely trying to cheat us out of so, games and Super Bowls and suspending our quarterback. I'm, I'm going to challenge you. On the most dominant run. Because Bill Russell did win 11 rings. I My argument, though, is that it's harder to win six Super Bowls in the modern NFL than it was to win rings in the NBA when there was four teams and <laughs> two of them made the championship. <laughs> Fair. So, I mean, from a quantity of wins and rings perspective, sure. But, like, I've just... I think more about... And this is like obviously a very biased opinion, but like I think more about how hard it is to win one Super Bowl in the modern NFL and in a 20 year span to go to nine and win six of them is like lunacy when you think about it. We got to think about like how many teams have actually won an NBA championship. 
It's like less than 15. I was going to say it's legitimately like seven, <laughs> seven teams yeah. ever. No. Yeah. It, no, there's, it's like six or seven that have won more than one. It's an extremely small list. It is, but like that's kind of the cool thing about the NBA recently is that like in the last couple of years, like Toronto, Denver, and Milwaukee yeah. all won their first one. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's kind of it's spreading out more, but like, yeah, before Toronto beat Golden State, there was we did the thing on the podcast where there was literally like four teams who had won the last like you know, 18 of the last 20 championships or something like that. It was like the Spurs, the Heat, the Lakers, and the Warriors or something. Yeah. So a little more diversity in football, but they, yeah. I, we had three. I still cling to the glory days. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, the Pistons are in there for sure. I still cling to the glory days of the Patriots. Uh, and whenever I was watching Mac Jones throw a hissy fit last year, I would turn the game off and I would go watch the highlights from the Falcons Super Bowl. <laughs> it always cheered me up. But all right, let's jump into the preview here. Uh, I'll I'll start today since you got to start on Wednesday. I'm going to start with our biggest storylines for the AFC East this season. And mine is, is the Bills Super Bowl window actually closed? So we talked about this actually a little bit on the NFC East preview podcast that like Super Bowl contention comes in windows in the NFL where you build up this team and it's like, okay, we have a chance to win a Super Bowl over the next, you know, three to four seasons, maybe stretch it out a little bit longer. I would actually even argue that the Patriots dynasty was actually built up of multiple windows and not like one 20 year period where they could have won the Super Bowl every year. However, every year in the off season, there's like a quote unquote hot take that people are like, oh, this is such a hot take. I'm going to throw it out there. And then it ends up becoming like really popular. Everybody thinks it's a hot take, but it actually becomes so popular that it's not hot anymore. And it kind of becomes more of like a not consensus, but like more than 51% of the people like have this opinion by the end of the off season. Like, like all the people after that happened with Derek Carr who were like, actually like Derek Carr is like actually kind of a good quarterback after they were shitting on him for the last two years. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happens. Is that like someone starts it and they're like, yeah, actually like Derek Carr is kind of good. And they think that's like a super edgy thing to say, but it turns out that like, more than 50% of the people actually feel the same way as you do. So it's not super hot. The hot take du jour this offseason was that the Bills Super Bowl window is closed. They've been good for quite a few years now. Uh, I think like they've had like three yeah. or four good seasons in a row now. Uh, just haven't been able to get the job done. I think if you look at their recent run, the 13 seconds year was like that was their year. Yeah, And they couldn't hold that lead in Kansas City. I think it's fair to ask if they can beat the elite teams in the AFC in the playoffs right now. The last three years, they've been eliminated by Kansas City twice, and then the Bengals came and absolutely dominated them at home in the snow last season. They only scored 10 points against Cincinnati, and then obviously the really bad loss to Kansas City I mentioned, and then a 24-point loss to them the year before. The AFC seems to have gotten better around the Bills. While the Bills have made some improvements to the roster, but 
largely the same roster they've had the last couple seasons, uh, especially with their key players and their division's a lot better. Yeah. So I think it's fair to ask, is that take actually valid or not? Even though it's not as hot as people think it is. Cause like all these things have happened, yeah. but they're still a really good football team. There is nuance to this discussion. I would say, because if I were to put it simple, yes or no, the answer is no, because they have Josh Allen, right? If you have a quarterback that talented, your window isn't closed. But I think the more nuanced answer is this team has let a lot of teams not only catch up to them, but surpass them. And they probably need a year or two to retool and improve certain areas of their roster. Areas of their roster that, quite frankly, I expected them to address this offseason, but decided not to. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, there's no way this team is winning a Super Bowl this year because they got they got a quarterback and there's just a ton of talent on the roster regardless. There's no way you could convince me to put money on them to win it, though. When everybody was picking them to win a Super Bowl like two years ago, I sat on this podcast. We're really going to pick the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> the Bills. Yeah. The Bills are who you're picking. I would never throw money on the Bills. If the Bills were 17 and 0, I wouldn't put money on the Bills. It's the Bills. So I think it's a fair question, but like I I just look at them, I'm like, God, there's so much talent at the skill positions on this team. And they struggle along both the offensive and defensive line. And it's just like it's a team that's yep. built from it's a team that's built from the outside in. And that's been their problem. And I think it's going to continue to be their problem. But sometimes though the egg can get it done if they get hot enough. So uh, I I do want to tell you, I'm disappointed in you though. This is episode 142 of the podcast. And in 142 episodes, you haven't learned that you can't have a nuanced sports discussion. You have to (laughs) scream hot takes at each other from across a zoom screen. And that's how you get listeners, Matt. Well, let's just, Go on and on about Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid then. Josh Allen is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Done. I made up for what you said. Uh, What is your biggest storyline for the AFC East? My biggest storyline is who is Aaron Rodgers going to blame next for his failures? Because it's going to happen. He does it everywhere he goes because he can't get it done. He won't get it done. Because he's not the guy that he believes he is. And quite frankly, physically, isn't the guy he was five years ago. Everywhere he goes, he's been one place. Forever. Oh, no. He walks He walks and travels. With, he's always blaming someone for something, man. I'm picturing him like sitting in a Chili's, complaining his fajitas aren't hot enough. As they're sizzling. The one thing I do want to say about Aaron Rodgers is that it will well, get bitch. to the, Yeah. Well, God, you know, Matt disparaging Aaron Rodgers on a podcast, the, the odds on that were 
like negative a hundred thousand. <laughs> Basically the same odds that you could get for Philadelphia 76ers getting bounced in the second round of the NBA playoffs next season. If we're gonna throw all of our shots out, we're gonna throw all the shots out. Oh, yeah. I do think like I think Aaron Rodgers will be well behaved this season. I just think it's like it reminds me of Tom Brady going to Tampa in a way. And I'm not saying that he's going to have that type of season and like win a bunch of games and win the Super Bowl. But when Tom, like the ending of his tenure in New England was very similar to Rodgers in Green Bay, where he's like, hey, I want to compete. I want to do all these things. And I mean, especially in Tom's case, but like the front office didn't support him and didn't like be like, yeah, we're going to do absolutely everything we can to win around you right now and then pay the bill when you retire. Right. Like Green Bay didn't draft a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers for years in the first round. They drafted Jordan Love. They drafted like a center. They did all this other stuff. And then you go to a team that like just rolls out the red carpet for you. And they're like, we will do literally anything you want. Like Tampa did that with Tom Brady. They're like, you want Gronk? We'll get Gronk. You want like Scotty Miller? We'll get Scotty Miller. You want us to get rid of Bruce Arians as the coach? We'll get rid of Bruce Arians. The Jets are like, Give us a list of the free agents you want. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, we'll get you whoever you want. I feel like you at least have like that one season of like, just he feels like he's being treated like a superstar quarterback again. You know, whether he is or not is up for debate, but he feels like he's being treated that way again, where he's like, oh, this team is the opposite of how the guys in green Bay were treating him. They're like, they just gave me literally everything I wanted. So I feel like he's going to be happy for a season if they're winning football games. Uh, and then after that, it'll start getting interesting. I don't know that they're going to be as successful as people expect though. And that's the thing. What we know about Aaron Rodgers is that man, when you start knocking him on his ass, like, he turtles up faster than most quarterbacks in the NFL. And he'll he'll make it look fine, like statistically, but like he's going to not make throws that are there because he doesn't want to risk something happening. He's going to play in a division that he's gonna get his ass kicked physically. At the very least, between the Dolphins and the Patriots, like he is going to be hurting. I think if he is struggling against two of the three, if not all three of those teams, then like I think that's where you start to see like, oh man, this team that was supposed to win like 12 games. They're only winning nine. I think there's a legitimate chance that all four defenses in this division end up in the top 10. Yeah. In the NFL. Like they, they could all be that good. Yes. My thing with Aaron Rodgers, though, is that like, I feel like some of the expectations in New York are like, hey, he's going to have that Tom Brady impact when Tom Brady went to the Bucks. No. And like, they're going to come in and we're going to like have this awesome passing game and offense. My argument for the Jets to be good this season is not that 
I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be phenomenal and play like at the MVP level that we've seen him play at before in the regular season. My argument is that they won seven games last season with literally the worst quarterback play we have ever seen over a 17 game period. Yeah. Dak Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco. I was looking at the stats. It's so bad. There's, oh God, it's so bad. It It is literally, I think, at least in the 20 something years I've been watching football, I legitimately think this might be like, if not the worst, one of the worst quarterback situations we ever saw last year. And they still won seven games. So yeah. I think if Aaron Rodgers can just come in and be competent and like be above average, like I don't think he has to be great for that team to be good. Yeah. I don't disagree, but I think there is this expectation that, well, all these other things are to come back like right at the level that they were. And that rarely happens. Right. I think this defense is going to be very good. But Quinn and Williams exploded last year. Is he going to come through and get 12 sacks again this year? Probably not. Like, statistically speaking, he's not likely to do that, mainly because most interior defensive linemen don't. And, like, he hadn't done it before. So that year is a bit of an anomaly. Uh, Sauce is still gonna be great like is he going to be a complete and utter annihilator with a full year of tape on him with guys like Stefan Diggs being like hey I gotta be able to beat him right he's going to be very very good but he's probably gonna take a couple lumps here or there just because some of the guys that he has to cover in Jamar Chase and Stefan Diggs Tyreek Hill, Waddle, like, are also really fucking good. Uh, So, like, I think there's going to be a little bit of regression to the mean on the defense. And, look, the the pickup of Dalvin Cook, I think, cushions some of the blow here if Dalvin Cook, you know, performs at the level that we've seen him perform at in the past. But... I, I also think that anyone expecting Brees Hall to look explosive the first three months of the season, that's a really unfair expectation. It's coming off pretty significant injury. We know that it usually takes at least 12 months for them to actually look like themselves. I'm not even going to argue with anything that you just said. All I'm going to say is that the gap between the quarterback play they oh, had yeah. last year. No, I don't disagree. Like, and, and, and competent, that's, like yeah. e- even just competent quarterback play. Yeah. But, is like it, astronomical. Yeah. But the, the issue here is that I think, you know, they also have to beat better teams this year. If they're going to win, like, you know, 11, 12 games. And I don't know that that happens because they were able to beat bad teams last year just fine. 
but you can't just beat bad teams. Well, they lost to New England twice last year. <laughs> One time, 10 to three. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, speaking of winning, let's go to the win ranges for the AFC East. Uh, I'm going to start us off with Buffalo who Las Vegas has with an over under of 10 and a half. I split the difference here. I said between nine and 11 games. I kind of was thinking 10. I gave them an extra game to go to 11 because they have Josh Allen. But I still think that there's like a legitimate chance that they could end up being the third best team in the division. Uh, and the the strength of schedule, like I know we talked about this as being a completely meaningless <laughs> stat, but like the crossover for these teams and some of the teams they have to play this season is like brutal. They have to play like the AFC West and the NFC East is not a fun season. <laughs> yeah. Anybody involved that legitimately like the Patriots actually are projected to have the hardest schedule in the NFL. We'll see how it ends up. But like, yeah. the, I think Miami and Buffalo are at like 28 and 29. And then the jets are at like 26. <laughs> it just sucks for everybody. Yeah, I I have them at 10 to 12. We're pretty close. I just look until I see that they're actually not able to win regular season games. I am just not going to believe it. 10-11 is probably more likely winning 12 games. It's really hard, especially since I think that this division is going to be particularly difficult to win games in. Like we said, a lot of talent on at the skill positions and a very talented quarterback who quite frankly still has some things to prove. And I think I would hope that he feels that way himself. Agreed. So we're not too far off there. No. Uh, the next team is the Miami Dolphins. Vegas over under is nine and a half. I honestly, I texted you this the other day. I think Miami's the hardest team to pick for in the entire NFL. So far, this is easily, easily my widest win range. Yeah. So I said between zero and 17. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is my widest win range, too. I said between seven and 13 games. Okay. I think on paper, right now, they're the best team in the division. Um, yeah. I just look at like the weapons they have on that offense, the guys they added on that defense. I mean, I think this roster is maybe like outside of quarterback, maybe the most talented roster in the NFL right now, at least from like the starters, like we can make an argument about depth, but am I getting three games of Tua? Am I getting 10 games of Tua? I, I have no idea. Yeah. Honestly, like the first snap of the season, I'm like legitimately worried for Tua this season with all the concussions he had last year. The first snap of the season, we we might lose him for the entire year. Yeah. You know, and then like they have Mike White, who's I think a more competent backup than Skylar Thompson. Yes. But I don't know, like even with how talented the roster is, like how many games are we winning in this division if Mike White is starting double digit games? Yeah. I don't know. It's it's so hard to say. (laughs) Yeah. So I have them from six to 12. I based it on this. Tua walks outside and Acorn drops on his head and he doesn't play at all this year. 
right? Uh, how many games can they win with that roster with Mike White? I think there's enough talent on that roster for them to get six wins with Mike White. Like, not what you want, but like Mike White isn't a complete and utter disaster out there on the field, at least not most of the time. If Tua somehow manages to play every game, I could see them winning 12 games. Like, there is just so much talent there, and, like, they are by far the most explosive passing team. Like, statistically, last year, they were by far the most explosive passing team when Tua was on the field. Can I throw a scenario out at you that's, like, my legit nightmare, but I think is... (laughs) theoretically possible go for it Tua gets hurt like midway through the season out of retirement oh no Tom Brady quarterback of the Miami Dolphins I I honestly like Miami already lost a pick for trying to tamper with Tom Brady when he was in Tampa I I could see it Tom Brady gets the itch like halfway through the season, Tua gets a concussion. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, we could have Mike White or, or. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's definitely a nightmare scenario, and of would... course, like that that game would be like Patriots week. I was thinking about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets the other day in preparation for this podcast, and I was thinking how funny it would be if he goes to the Jets for one year and then sucks and then goes to the Vikings and is like awesome for the Vikings and like does like literally exactly what Brett Favre did. Like, yeah, no, he's just a few years away from committing Medicaid fraud. Oh yeah. He's, he's on his path, but like, because think about how similar they're like eerily similar. Their careers have been like, they both won one Super Bowl. They both like, you know, in green Bay for X amount of years, then they go to the jets. Like, So I was thinking about that and I was like, God, you know, I had to watch Tom Brady play in another jersey, but at least I never had to go through the pain that Green Bay fans had to go through of watching like my hero growing up play for another team in my division. Right? Like I didn't have to watch Brett Favre in a Vikings jersey per se. And I don't think that I'm out of the woods yet. (laughs) I really (laughs) honestly believe that if Tua gets hurt halfway through the season, that Tom Brady could get the itch and come back and be the Miami Dolphins quarterback, and I could just be miserable. So hey, the, it's a real possibility with him. Like nothing is really off the table with Tom. No, well, and I'm just throwing it out there because of all the smoke that there yeah. was with him in Miami, and like the fact that they literally lost a first round pick for tampering with Tom Brady. So it's possible. Yeah. Speaking of Tom Brady, and it would be hilarious too because like. New England is literally having Tom Brady day this year. The, I think the second oh, game. no. The second <laughs> game is a home game against Miami, and they're doing like an honoring Tom Brady night for the home game. And they could, That's we could, the game. We That's could the game. Them, <laughs> we could see them honor Tom Brady and see them play against Tom Brady in the same season again. Oh, man. So New England Vegas number is... Seven and a half over under. I've thought about this. I've turned this over in my head a billion times. Uh, 
and I, I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to be conservative. And I'm going to say between seven and 10 games for the Patriots. I think it's totally possible that this team is better in all three phases of the game this year and still is like right around 500 just because of like how things have changed. Yeah. I, I still am not like huge on their skill position talent on the offense. Mm-hmm. This is like, I'll throw out a hot take. This isn't my bold prediction, but hot take for the New England Patriots. They have the pieces to have a Super Bowl caliber defense in two to three seasons. And I think you'll see flashes of it this year. I think there will be games where people are like, holy crap, this New England defense with some of the talent they have, uh, especially because Jack Jones is going to play this season and not be in jail for the whole season (laughs) where he probably should have been. I I do think like two to three years from now, we're going to come back and we're going to be like, this is the best defense in the NFL. I think all the pieces are there for that, but they're just young right now. What they did defensively last year was kind of fucking insane. It really all starts with Kyle Duggar. The Duggar not. Do you need him to play nickel or safety or linebacker? Okay, well, great. Like he's going to be the best player on the field at any one of those positions. Yeah, I mean, no, but it's like you look at it, and this is what I'm saying: is like the talent is there. The my complaint with the Patriots the last couple of years has not just been quarterback it's been uh even tom brady's last season i was like we just don't have the blue chip talent to compete with like the chiefs and the eagles and like the super bowl contenders even in our own division i think now we have the guys in place who are going to be blue chips so it's like duggar jack jones was low-key i think like the second or third best coverage guy per pff last season and was a huge reason their defense was as good as it was uh I really like Marcus Jones. I like the Christian Gonzalez pick. You got Barmore. I like the Marte Mapu pick. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of guys on this defense who I could see being elite players. Uh, Plus, they just restructured Judon, who's a beast. So, like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, two to three years from now, we're going to come back and do this podcast. I'm going to be like, this is the best defense in the NFL. They're just young. Potentially Keon White. Dude. Yeah. Keon White. Oh, baby. That yeah. preseason game against the Texans, like two drives, but I'm in. For me, the biggest question on this team is like, what wide receiver is going to give you a reason to throw it on the ball? Like, someone, someone has to make Mac Jones want to throw them the ball because, like, it's, it's so hard to even evaluate him and be fair with him until someone gives him a reason to throw them the ball. Yeah. I'm going to be fair to bill here too. And say like, if they would have brought in a number one receiver this off season, you know, whether it was like, I don't think Deandre Hopkins is a legit number one anymore, but no, he's you know, a big slot. Yeah. But what, you know, whoever it was to be a number one, if you have that like number one and then like you have Juju at two and then you have like some combination of like those other guys at three, I think that's a legit receiving core. But like, I don't think you make the big move. We've seen how much number one receivers cost the last couple of yeah. years. I don't think you make the move unless you're ready to win a Super Bowl this year. And like, 
the number one receiver is not the difference between us winning a Super Bowl and not winning a Super Bowl. Two years from now, when we have that defense that I was talking about that we're going to have in a couple of mm-hmm. years, I think that's the time where you're like, okay, like if Mac is, if you've determined Mac is your guy, that's when you go out and you say like, let's get like the proverbial, like Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill type of trade. Yeah. What was yeah. your, what was your win range for the Pats? Exactly the same seven to 10, seven to 10. Yeah. yeah. It's, I can't see Bill allowing them to win less than 10. I, I could have been argued up to like eight, <laughs> maybe even nine because it's Bill, but yeah, I think seven is a very real possibility if Mac really struggles and they really can't score any points. Um, but the defense is just so strong that if they get anything on offense, like double digit wins is not out of the range of possibilities. Yeah, my my argument with my teams all the time is that like you have to be one of two things for me to enjoy the season. You have to be good or you have to be fun to watch. You know, even if you're not a great team. Yeah. L- last year, they weren't either. <laughs> they were not a good team. They were a absolutely miserable watch. Like, I've never had less fun watching the Patriots. I think if nothing else, they're fun to watch this year. It's it's weird when you're like, okay, well, call me when the defense is back on the field. Like, <laughs> It was legitimate. I was like, is Marcus Jones on the field? Is he like, if he's returning a punt or they're playing defense, then I'm watching. I, the offense was like, and like the way they lost some of those games, the Vegas game. Oh my God. The Bengals game. <laughs> they were, I could go on, but it was a miserable watch last year. Miserable. I like yeah. actively hated watching the Patriots last year. And I think that they'll be fun to watch this year if nothing else. So oh, we did we didn't even touch on the fact that Matt Patricia is no longer playing calling plays. Hmm. <laughs> Warms my heart to know that he's somewhere else. He's on a different team again. And that's really the beautiful thing. Uh our last team is the New York Jets. Yeah. I said between nine and twelve. One, like I said, they won seven games last year with literally the worst QB play that we have potentially ever seen. Yep. Uh, the only way it could have been worse is if we had 17 games of Nathan Peterman. At one point, they were seven and four last year as well. Yeah. Like they got off to a good start. Um, and I think that they had, like, I'll give them some credit. Like I said, like they lost a game 10 3 to the Patriots, where mm-hmm. the only touchdown scored was a punt return at the end of the game by Marcus Jones. Yeah, I think if you have like competent quarterback play, you easily win that game. Mm-hmm. So um, I see them being above 500 yeah. this year, which is why I put them at nine. And I, I think if Aaron Rodgers can be better than competent, that they win double digit games. One thing I will say about those Patriots games is like. Nobody is better than Bill. At making a game absolute hell for a team quite frankly i don't think that's going to be any different for aaron Rodgers. i my win range is 8 to 12 i'm a little bit less optimistic than you are but i am not 
so blind to the fact that if Aaron Rodgers comes in and plays quality, functional football and just gets the ball to Garrett Wilson and Dalvin Cook, and I guess Alan Lazard is their wide receiver too, which like, I don't know. There's a lot of people have talked about how like great the weapons are there. And I'm like, eh. I hate the Jets, but I'm going to say here for the Scory Davis revival. I I do hope that for him. Um, but like, yeah, if he comes in and plays the kind of football that, you know, they need him to play, absolutely. They are can very well be an 11-12-1 team. Uh, You know, if there is not a slight step backwards with the defense just due to normal regression to the mean that happens to a lot of great defenses every year. We hear about it every season, like, oh, this defense is going to be dominant this year, and it's like it's still just very good. But if if they're able to do all that, then yeah, like I can totally see them winning 12 games. However, if they don't get off to a super strong start, I could see there being some friction and potentially, especially with them being in that division in the AFC in and of itself, struggling to even get to 500 all fair uh let's do bold predictions i hate mine (laughs) i really do uh mine is that tyreek hill is going to break calvin johnson's receiving yardage record this season Oof! he had 1700 yards last season with all of the like you know, two is in, two is out. He's got a concussion. Yeah. Okay, here comes Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater's hurt. We're going to go with Skylar Thompson. Here's Skylar Thompson. Like, okay, two is back. Oh, it's only for five snaps. Like, <laughs> through all of that, he had 1,700 yards. God damn. I think if Tua had played all the games last season, that Tyreek would have already done this. Yeah. Uh, and I think he can do it. I, honestly, too, like, I, I know I was kind of like talking some shit about Mike White being a legitimate quarterback, but like I think Mike White's a lot better than Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater is. Like I think Mike White can still play a little bit. So like if he has to spot start yeah. for a couple games, I he threw for like almost 300 yards a game with the Jets last year in four games. Yeah. So like I think that he can at least keep that offense moving, especially like Mike McDaniel is just like that dude. And maybe I just say this because like a lot of people tell me I look like him and we've never been seen in the oh, same that's room. Why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've never been seen in the same room, but like God. offensively, he is brilliant. And I think that Tyreek can do it in this offense this season. Uh, what is your boldy bold? My, my bold prediction is that the Jets will not make the playoffs. There is going to be more competition for that than people think. And I don't 
know that this season is going to go as smoothly as people are predicting Nick to go for them. Obviously, like I could very well end up being wrong just based off of like, well, they got the the tiebreakers on this. I do not expect them to have a playoff spot secured before like the last day of the season. And I don't think it's going to happen one way or another. Going to agree with you from the perspective that like, I don't think that this division gets three teams into the playoffs. Yeah. I think that's like a really popular pick right now, but whether it's like the jets struggle or Tua gets hurt and Miami doesn't make it or the bills Super Bowl window really has passed and they're not as good as people yeah. think they are. I think that one of those teams does miss. I think people look at this division they're like, oh yeah, those are all playoff teams. But they don't ever stop and like look at the other divisions and think which of those teams are actually going to make the playoffs themselves. Well, The AFC North is almost certainly getting two teams in. We do this every year where there's like a really good division and we're like, Oh man, like all four yep. of them can make the playoffs or like three of the four can yeah. make the playoffs. It's like, it's really hard for a division to get more than two teams in the playoff. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of playoffs division winner, I went on Dom. That's true earlier this year. And we, we picked all the games and I picked the jets to win the division on a tiebreaker. I'm, I'm going to be a little riskier on this podcast. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins. I am. I just we talked about the talent. I just I think that they're outside of quarterback. I think they're the most talented team in the league. Uh, and if Tua plays enough games, they're gonna be great. If Tua gets hurt and Tom Brady comes in, I think they could be great with Tom Brady. I've been waffling on this all day due to. The lack of confidence in how many games Tua is going to play. I'm still going to go with the Bills. I don't disagree with you that there is potential that they could end up being the second or third best team in this division. Uh, But they're also the team that's gotten the job done. That doesn't mean everything, but it doesn't mean nothing. And I think they've accomplished enough, done enough of the work throughout past seasons to at least know what to fall back on to get the job done and, you know, secure the division. You know, like, I if, if I got to pick which of these two teams, I think their quarterback's going to play all the games. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bills. Yes, <laughs> that's factually correct. The yeah. season hasn't even started yet. So, uh, so, all right. So that's the first one that we've disagreed on so far. I'm going Miami. You're going with Buffalo. Um, we both picked the Lions, the Eagles and the Bengals in the first three podcast. So uh, but that is it for us. As always, fouled out could be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Overcast, anywhere you get your podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Fouled Out Sports. You can find Matt on Twitter at Matador underscore defense. You can find our videos on TikTok at Fouled Out Sports Podcast. Matt, we are halfway done 
with the divisional previews. We'll be back next Wednesday with the NFC South and then the following Saturday with the AFC South. But the fact that we are halfway done means that we're halfway closer to the season, baby. (laughs) Is that how that works? That's exactly how that works. This is going to come out on Saturday, the 19th. We have a fantasy football draft tonight. So best of luck to you. I'm sure there will be some... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Glad I reminded you because you're going to be eating brisket and drinking beers. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I'm I'm going down on uh, Friday. So, Friday. so best of luck to you in the fantasy draft. I'm sure there will be some recapping on the podcast next week. Oh, for sure. So, all right, my friend, I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye, guys. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, bye mom. Bye.